Welcome to Sliding Doors, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? What if you had taken that job? or told that person in high school how much you liked them. Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decisional moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. My guest today is Ruby Bogle. Ruby is a TV cook and personality and first appeared on our screens as a contestant on the Great British Bake Off. Ruby made it to the final and took the show by storm with her natural talent for baking as well as her wit, humour and style. Born in London, Ruby moved to Liverpool to study architecture and then went on to work at Network Rail. Since appearing on Bake Off, she has gone into baking and cooking full-time and has also appeared on This Morning and regularly appears on Steph's Pat Lunch. As well as this, Ruby writes a monthly column for GQ Online and is a regular contributor to the online channel Taste Made. Her recipe technique celebrates not only the savoury and sweet elements of her childhood Indian and African inspiration, but also a twist on modern British cuisine. Ruby is more than just a star baker. She is a philanthropist, health and fitness enthusiast, fashion and beauty influencer. It's so great to have her here today, and I cannot wait to chat to her all about her sliding doors moments. So welcome to the podcast, Ruby. Thank you very much for having me. That was a very lovely intro of me there. Well, you've done a lot. And um, I guess I'm quite sad that we're not actually in person today because I would have loved to have uh, tried out some of your baking and bribery to bring some along. So um. I think I think that's why most people uh, ask for an in-person meeting with me. I'll be honest, not because they actually want to meet me, just because they're hoping I might bring bring along some baked goods. But yeah. um, 
next time next time definitely yeah. so um you actually did study architecture um yeah. which I'm, I'm sure a lot of people didn't know so was this always I mean I wanted to do that but it's a very long course so I really oh admire you was it like the dream to be an architect what was kind of your dream growing up you know what and um, this is going to sound really really stupid um I when I was growing up I had elder brothers and sisters and in particular my sisters who influenced the films I watched um, and so I absolutely adore the kind of nineties rom-coms. I'm talking about the Meg Ryan and yes. Tom Hanks sort of stuff. There's one you've film, got mail. you've got mail and everything. There's one film called one fine day with Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney. Oh, and yes. it is one of my all time favorite films. Um, firstly, because Michelle Pfeiffer is such a babe, like she yeah. is unbelievably gorgeous. Um, and I love the romance. And I love the tale. And anyway, I used to watch it a lot when I was younger and she was an architect and she made it look so good. And so I grew up thinking, yeah, this is a really great job. I mean, wow, I'll obviously really? look like I'll obviously look like Michelle Pfeiffer when <laughs> I'm older, and you know, I'll meet my George Clooney and stuff. And I used to go into London quite a lot when I was younger to drop my sisters off at university, and I was fascinated by the buildings, um, as well as the rom com love story. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, I was fascinated by it, and then I went into it, and I'll be honest. Uh, you probably made a great decision into not studying it because like you said, it is the world's longest course. Yeah. Um, seven years is not um, a walk in the park, let me tell you. Um, but I did, I, I did it. I threw gritted teeth, no doubt when I did my master's, but I did my undergrad, I did my master's. Um, and I think it was when I did my master's, I started to fall a little bit out of love with it. Yeah. It was something that I think I'd idolized in my head and I had, um, been looking at it through rose tinted glasses and when the reality came to it it was just a real hard slog I'm talking about all nighters all the time yeah um there were you know there was no such thing as reading weeks I was in uni pretty much seven days a week um really little sleep and so by the end of it I was I was a bit jaded yeah um but it was fantastic though because despite the fact that I was starting to do a course where I'd fallen a little bit out of love of it. I learned a lot of life lessons in that um, oh, and learned a lot did. about determination and just to, and the willpower to just get through something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it was quite an experience, but I had so much fun. Liverpool is the did. best city. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I love that you said that. Cause I actually always think this um, about doctors. Cause we watch all these like glamorized yeah. doctor shows on TV and it's like, I want to be a surgeon oh, and I want to meet, yeah. you know, like my, my like gorgeous doctor husband and it's just not the reality not of it the reality of it no it's so far from the reality of it and um I I hate I hate 90s rom-coms because of that because it makes everything look so good yeah. um but I'm still guilty for it I, I love them they just so feel good and Meg Ryan and Michelle Pfeiffer are just yeah. absolute goddesses so I can't not chat to you about Bake Off. I'm sure you get asked about things all the time. So I guess I wanted to really ask you, is it is the pressure the same as it feels on screen as when you're there in person? It was, you know what, and I, this is why I don't ever mind talking about Bake Off because it happens less and less now, but it brought me, it brings me back to a time in my life where I just, I feel it was such a life-changing moment for me. And obviously yeah. it would be for, for everyone that went on the show because it's such a huge part of, you know, brick culture now. Yeah. You know, you see that iconic white tent and it is iconic and everyone knows what it's about and everyone knows the show and loads of people will clear their diaries on Tuesday nights to watch it. So I feel very, very fortunate. But it came at a moment in my time of life where it, everything was in a bit of flux and yeah. I had applied for Bake Off um, 
in a really weird time in my life where I was unemployed. And after having obviously uh, got my master's and I had a really great job in Liverpool, being unemployed was left me in a really dark space. Yeah. Um, felt a bit lost in life and I was unemployed for like nine months, which I thought, you know, coming back down to London, I'd, I'd breeze into a job. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, you know, I've got, I've got great, I've got great education. I've had a great job. I'll breeze in, uh, you know, I'll have like a few weeks off and then I'll, I'll land a job easy. Um, and I remember saying to my mum, oh, you know, I'm just going to be back home for like, I don't know, like a month to find my feet. I didn't. Um, I, I was there for a very that. long time. I was there for a very long time. <laughs> and it, but Bake Off was so phenomenal because it really, it felt like it came at that moment in my life where I could see that it ignited a passion in me beyond yeah. architecture. I felt so lost when um, I'd studied architecture. I felt a bit jaded from it. And I was like, what do I actually want to do in life? Like I've convinced myself up to this point, I'm I'm like 28 years old and I've convinced myself up to this point that architecture is what I want to do. And actually it's not. Yeah. Um, and you know, being that honest with yourself is really quite oh, it's a so big hard. moment. It's so hard. We're not taught that in school. We're taught, you know, what do you want to be and be it. That's You're not it. taught that you might change your mind. Yeah. And, but you're taught it at such a young age. Like, yeah. you know, you get asked that question when you're like five years old or what do you want to be when you're older? And, um, you know, when I was like in my twenties, I was like, I actually don't know what I want to be. And that was a real kind of hard pill to swallow. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I've just spent so much money on student loans and putting myself for university, um, got myself in so much debt. And I almost felt obligated to have to do architecture. And I was like, I don't want to feel obligated to do anything in yeah. life. Like that's, that's not how I want to be living. Um, and so Bake Off really bought a kind of different avenue to me, which is phenomenal. And I'm always going to be grateful for. Um, but the pressure to actually do it was, this is going to sound weird. And I don't mean to sound this cocky in any sort of way, but I didn't feel any pressure when I first went in because I'd only been baking for like a year and a half before yeah. I went on the show. So, and it was, so kind of the, was the pressure a little bit off you because you kind of saw it I like feel a nice like hobby? It. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, well, I've only been doing it for a year and a half. And then... You know, I had other people in the tent saying they've been baking since they're like five or they've been baking since they're yeah. like with their grand since they're growing up. And I was like, oh, I've only been baking for like a year and a half. And so I was like, you know what? I've got no chance. I'm just here for a good time. I'm going to I'm going to just soak it all in. Even if I'm just in for one week, you know, I'll be able to say that I, I did bake off. So I literally went in just being like, I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm yeah. not going to put any stress or any pressure on me. Um, and you even though there's so many cameras on you at one point, it sounds weird, but you almost forget because there's a person behind the camera. So it felt like I was just talking to that person as opposed to there was someone in your face. And so I just went in and enjoying it. And I put no pressure on myself. It's only until it got to like week seven. And I was like, shit. I I could go somewhere. (laughs) Um, Something's happening here that I haven't planned for. Yeah. I, I've run, literally run out of recipes and that's, I think that's when I was like, hang on a second, can I actually do this? Um, so that's when I kind of felt the pressure. You know what, the way that you described your experience in that is how we all wish we were. We all wish we could like just go into something and enjoy every minute. You know, when yeah. people talk about going on the X Factor or anything or Strictly, they're always like, enjoy it. But I don't think it's very easy for anyone to do that because no. as you say, the people that this has been their life and it's their passion. So yeah. it's so good that you got to experience it in kind of a bit with the pressure, but a bit with just yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, no, absolutely. But then it was almost like I felt a bit bad because I was I was so inexperienced compared to everyone else. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I haven't even baking for a year and a half. And I almost felt bad for saying that because yeah. I, 
you know, you had some diehard bakers in there. And I was like, oh no, I do like it. Like, I'm not <laughs> saying that I don't, like I do. Um, and I don't know whether my kind of laid back approach maybe didn't rub well with some people. I don't know, but I, I loved it. And yeah. it was, it, it kind of kicked in like halfway through and I was like, actually, you know what? I'm kind of feeling my stride a little bit and I'm feeling, I'm starting to feel my confidence. Definitely. Um, in my ability as opposed to being like, oh, I'm really sorry. Yeah. I, I then started to actually be like, no, actually, you know what? Maybe, maybe I am all right. Maybe I'm quite and good. I, I deserve to be here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was that. It was that deserving to be here because at, at the very start, I didn't feel worthy of being there. Yeah. I, I, on, I always said to the producer, and I was like, I feel like you guys have put me in here as like the token like clown, like you know, she can't do anything, and you know, and they were like, no, no, no. I was like, no, I think you guys have. Like honestly, <laughs> like I keep messing up because I'm really lacking that self confidence compared to everyone else. Um. But yeah, it really is just about getting out of your own head and and one hundred percent, yeah, a hundred percent. And what was your favorite moment on the show? I mean, there must have been so many, but for you, like, what was the moment that when you look back at the experience, it really stands out to you? Um, other than I think the first week, the first week was petrifying because I very much, I, I think I was very much self sabotaging that first week because mm-hmm. I was like, I, I kind of, I was like, I just want to have a good time. But everyone's saying that they've been baking for ages. I was like, I'm just not going to stand a chance here. So I was very much self-sabotaging. So I nearly went out in the first week. Um, so that was a huge moment for me when I when I actually went through. But I think it. I think the moment that I was really proud of was um, week eight. I think it is quite late on. But that's mostly because I got Star Baker and everyone else had already had it beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in the tent with some really amazingly creative and talented people. Um, and getting Star Baker that week, I was like, oh my God, like me. Like yeah. I nearly went out in the first week. Like you guys having me on. That was that was very, very surreal. Um, and then I got it again the week after. And it was just, I think at that point I peaked and I was like, you know what? I'm done now, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. Um, I've got it. I've got it. Uh, but it was, I was, it, it was made even better. I'm not saying this is, it was better because of this, but I was also juggling it during work. So I'd yes. be going to work Monday to Friday. So do you do it as like week on week? Is it actually yeah. a week on week thing? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it was just relentless. And so for 10 weeks, I was constantly coming up with excuses for why I couldn't do something on the weekends with my friends. Yeah. Um, I blamed countless weddings and I was like, oh yeah. Did you have to keep it a secret? Yeah, I didn't tell anyone. I only told, I told, um, I told my family and I told one of my bosses at work because I kept saying to him, he kept saying, Rubes, why are you coming late on a Monday? And I was like, God. Just been (laughs) chilling at the weekend, you know? I just, you know, I just went too heavy on the weekend. So I had to tell him why I was like turning up a little bit late on a Monday. Um, But I had to tell everyone else that I was just busy. Uh, I probably came across as quite an antisocial person at that time, but it was so hard juggling it with work at the same time. By the time it got to like week 10, I was like, I just can't, guys, I can't. I, I physically got nothing left it's in me. Much. It's it's a little bit too much. Yeah. But um, I think by because I, I knew I'd got myself to the final, it all then also that mindset came in where I was like, you know what, I've got to the final. Like, what's like, the worst that can happen? Exactly. And also it really shows you, I think sometimes when we're pushed to our limits, we don't think yeah. we could, if someone said to you, Ruby, can you juggle all of this? You'd probably be like, absolutely no way. But when you just have to do it, you know, yeah. you realise your ability. And actually, I just love how you just kind of went along and then you're like, oh, I'm in the final. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. oh, it was amazing. honestly, like you kind of get carried away with it because 
you're just going week on week out. And then it, I start, I remember I took a few days off finally the, the week of the finals to be like, actually, you know what? I should maybe practice a little bit yeah, now. I should, but I should, I should, I should maybe on. get a bit serious about yes. this. Um, and I remember taking a few days off and I, I kid you not, those few days off, I planned, I was like, yeah, I'm going to wake up at like 7am. I'm going to start baking all day. I literally slept the whole time. I was like, I am so tired. It's so brilliant to hear your experience on the show because I think how you came across is exactly how it kind of was for you. And I think that's a brilliant thing. Oh, it's I'm nice. Glad. You know, listen, it's really nice. You know, it's great to see these people that have been baking since they were five, but it's also nice to see someone come on that it's a new challenge for because you inspire yeah. other people to do that. Um, yeah. So I'm really glad that you're a fan of 90s films because obviously Sliding <laughs> Doors is a very, very um, treasured film in my heart. And I've watched it ever since I was younger and been obsessed by the concept of Sliding Doors. So um, have you seen the film? Do you like it? What's the, your favourite thing about it? I love Sliding Doors. It is such an iconic film. Um, and I, I think the reason why I love it is because, yeah, obviously it's a great film, but it's the concept behind it. And it's yeah. something that I very much... Um, believe in I believe in fate I believe in things happen for a reason and I really really do believe in I, I love looking back on life decisions and being like how actually wait how did I end up here yeah like even with Bake Off I, I, I can tail it back to the moment where I'm like oh because I made that decision that's why I'm uh -huh. now here and I love that because you just think it's such a simple split second of a moment in time which can change the course of your life and and I'm forever in awe of that because I mean, let's be honest, life is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I really do think it is what you make of it. And it's those decisions which completely, completely impacts it. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Totally. And that's why I love doing the podcast, because as you said, sometimes in the moment, you know, you're not like, shall I, you know, if yeah. I don't make that light, my, my, you know, I'm going to catch my husband cheese. You know, it's not that <laughs> yeah. intense, yeah. but it is really when it's so brilliant to think about, as you said, that one moment. And if you hadn't have made that choice, yeah, okay, you would have been on another path, but it wouldn't be the path that you're on now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's phenomenal. We'll go straight into them. So your first Slang Dolls moment is you say it's not your decision that you personally made, but if you mm. weren't born six years after the rest of your siblings, you wouldn't be the person you are today. So I guess, as you said, this wasn't a decision that you made. It's more of a parent, your parents' yeah. decision, I guess. Um, but that's still a Sliding Dolls moment because the con it was the consequence of what made you who you are. So how many siblings do you have? How did this kind of make you the person that you are? Oh, my family are bonkers, by the way. <laughs> like they are. I, I remember saying on the on Bake Off that I remember I have to call people to be like, oh, I made it through or I'm in the final, blah, blah, blah. And they're so loud. And I remember <laughs> saying I'm definitely the quietest member of my family. And I stand by that. Um, they're bonkers, but I absolutely love them. And I've got two older sisters and an older brother. Mm -hmm. I'm the baby of the bunch and there is a six year difference between me and my um, next sister. I absolutely love the age gap because like when I was a kid, I really felt it mm -hmm. um, oh, in yeah. terms of, you know, what I could do, what I couldn't do, what they were doing in their life and where they were. Um, but now we're so close mm -hmm. um, that I don't see an age difference whatsoever. But what it did mean is with, with, with there being a six, six year age gap, my two sisters are quite close in age. Yeah. So they would be together quite a lot. And then I'd be left with my brother an awful lot mm -hmm. um, who would want me to play goalkeeper between my mum's flower pots in the back <laughs> garden um, or play tennis with him. Or So that's why he very much made me into a tomboy. And that's why I love sports now and I love football. Um, and I have him to thank for that. Uh, because I spent a lot of my childhood with him. But what it also meant is 
because they were much older than me, I would be left to my own devices a lot. And yeah. not in a not in a horrible way no, whatsoever. No, no, it's just life. Um, if that's just life. And yeah. it'd be, I'd be in primary school and they'd be in secondary school or they'd be like 15 years old and they'd be going out or um, my sister's, we're both at university at the same time. So yeah. when they're at university going off to uni at like 18, 19, I'd be like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was left to my own devices a lot. Um, teenagers don't necessarily want to play with a young kid. Yeah. Um, they've got much better things to be doing with their time. So I was a very independent child, yeah. um, which actually I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, always wanted to go and do something. Would always say yes to an opportunity because I was on my own quite a yeah, lot so you not, in a, not in a loner sort of way no but no, just because that's what I was just used to yeah um and it also meant when my sisters and my brother were, were at university I was just at home with my mum and dad so I was very much feeling like a an only child which you know a very sport with attention with um but that's why I've got such a great relationship with my mum because and where my love for food came from because she'd be in the kitchen quite a lot mm-hmm. and I would just offer to go and help her um, my mum most definitely was like my best friend when I was growing up because she was the person that I spent most time with yeah, other than that. someone at school. Um, and I spent so much of my time in the kitchen with her, which is where my love for Indian cooking has come from. Not, not my love for baking because she can't bake to save her <laughs> life. And she, she would not mind me saying that she's a terrible baker, but it's where my love for food really has come from. I've, I've got a great relationship with food. I love what it stands for, especially in my culture and, and in my family. And so I'm very thankful for that because yeah. if I would, if I didn't have so much time on my own, yeah. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have probably nurtured or had such a great relationship with my mum. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have spent as much time with her when I was growing up. I wouldn't be as independent as I am now. Yeah. Um, I don't think twice about doing something on my own. I remember um, between my undergrad and my master's, I went to New York on my own because I thought, why not? I'd never been before. I didn't know anyone there. And I went for a few months. Um, and I just love the challenge of doing something. And I love how capable you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having support from people is fantastic. Yeah. But a lot of people don't give themselves credit for what they can do personally. Yeah. Um, and I think there's real strength in just being solo and being on your own. Massively. And which is why, you know, I, 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 I hate it when someone in their life feels dictated by a relationship or or their worth is dictated whether they, they're in a relationship with someone. Because I'm like, the most important relationship that you should have is the one with yourself. Oh, 100%. And I think, and I, I, I do credit that a lot to me spending a lot of time when I'm growing up on my yeah. own. Um, and I love it. I Now I cherish time on my own so much because, you know, how often do you get that these days? It's so great because I think you really, the way you've described it, you get really the best of both worlds because actually so many people grow up with older siblings and I've got a lot of friends that have a lot of older siblings that are all quite close in age and, you know, they grew up kind of on their own. But the beauty of it is, is that when you hit a certain age and I'd say it's potentially, I don't know, like late, like late twenties, like when you turn 30 or maybe even like early twenties, you then get the beauty of actually you all feel the same age. It gets to a point. And actually, did you then love that as you got older, you then had all these people older than you that could help you, give you advice, like be there for you? Absolutely. Because I think then our relationship changed in such a big way. It went from when I was much younger, they were all very protective over me. Mm -hmm. um, And they were very much my sisters, my older sisters, my older brother. Um, But then when we all were in our 20s, all in our 30s, the relationship has evened out a lot. And now I don't necessarily see them. Obviously, I see them as my sisters and my brother because, of course, 
but I see them also as a friend, which is what I really love. Um, and I love, I've loved to, I loved how our relationships have grown over time into Mm -hmm. a friendship as opposed to just, Oh yeah, it's just my sister or just my sibling. I'm feeling obligated to have a relationship. Um, now we have fantastic relationships because there's a genuine want. Um, so yeah, I feel, I feel very fortunate because I've had, I've had the best of both worlds. I love your outlook on the kind of independent side of it. And also, you know, treasuring actually the time that we did get to spend with our parents. Um, yeah. And um, no, it's great. And listen, as I said, it's not, it's a decision that your parents made, but you're so right. Like you wouldn't be the person who you are today. Absolutely. If that wasn't, you know, the age yeah. that you had. You also, we'll go into your second moment. So you did just mention this briefly, but I'd love to delve into it more. So you going to New York for your year out between undergrad and your master's. So we mentioned before you were studying architecture. So explain what made you go to New York and how is this a sliding doors decision for you? So I had just done three years in architecture and I had, I think the idea of New York had always, I mean, who doesn't? It inspires everyone. Oh, and it's, yeah. Again, you films, know, we see TV films, shows. Obsessed with friends as, when yeah. I was growing up. And I was fascinated by New York because you see it in so many films. And like I said, I love a rom-com and it's like one of those places, which for me was just a dream. Yeah. Um, and I remember being in my third year of university. I was with my then boyfriend for about two years. He was my best friend. I'd met him on my first day of university. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just being like, oh, I don't really know what I'm going to do on my year out, um, but I want to do something. I've worked mm-hmm. so hard. Um, I, I want to celebrate my achievements somehow um, and also just take a bit of time out and have a break. And then I remember going to university and you know, you, they have like these stalls about things oh, yeah. that you can do and stuff. And there was one I was like, oh, you can go and do like, you know, have four months out in New York and ha- get like sponsored with a visa and all the rest of stuff. I was like, oh, hang on. This sounds great. Yeah. Like this sounds like, I didn't know that I, this could e- this could be a thing and I could do this. And so I remember saying to him, oh, I think I'm going to do this. Like I, I, I really want to do it. And he was like, oh, okay. And I, do you want to come with me? And he was like, oh, I can't because I've got X, Y, and Z. And I was yeah. like, well, do you mind if I go? Like, it's only going to be for like, three, four months. And he was like, no, 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 of course not. Like, you know, I still want you to go. And I was like, oh, I'm in a really loving relationship. Like it's fine. Like he's, you know, it's going to be yeah. great. I was going to be gone for like four months. Um, it's not, it's not the end of the world and it's yeah. not for forever. It's not a year. Um, it's not a year and it's nothing like you can't kind of deal with. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I remember going and it was, I was so excited. I didn't even know anyone. Did you go on your in own? New York. Like, totally? I went on my own. Yeah. Wow. I went totally on my own. Didn't know anyone. I managed to somehow, I mean, families and, and the world is fascinating. I, but I managed to have this weird connection with someone. Oh, we my, always my, do like your second cousin. Oh God, it was cousin. so bad. It was like my sister's ex-boyfriend's brother <laughs> was at an acting school and his flatmate and one of his acting friends had a spare bedroom in their Amazing. apartment. It was yeah. so weird. And so I managed to sort somewhere out to, to stay. And... Um, yeah, I literally just turned up and I was like, oh, I don't know anyone. But it was it was phenomenal. I, I loved the fact that I didn't know anyone and I didn't know the place at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really got to manage I really managed to experience it through fresh eyes. And it was the best thing I could have ever have done. Um, I remember turning up with my massive suitcase and the girl came down to come and let me in. She forgot to bring the keys, accidentally locked us out for a few hours. Uh, not the best, considering I'd just come on a flight, but it was okay. Yeah. Um there was no lift in the apartment block as well. And she was on the fifth floor. <laughs> I've obviously packed obviously. quite heavy duty. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I've got to just like go and 
dragged my suitcase up like five flights of stairs. So this was all happening in the first like 30 minutes of me getting to this new place. Yeah. Um, but all of those disasters aside, it was the best thing I could have done. Um, I had an, I had a boyfriend back home and, every, you know, I was in a great relationship. Or so I thought. Yeah. Like about three months in, he just started to get a bit weird mm-hmm. and it took a bit of a turn. You know, text messages were coming through quite far and few between. Um, and yeah, basically one day got a text message when I was out there just being like, I don't think I could do this anymore. And you know, and your heart just sinks because oh you're like, God, oh my God, I'm, I'm in this place. Especially so where, far from where, what you're feeling. Where, yeah. And I was like, where, where, where in earth has this even come from? Like, yeah. I, I thought we had a really great loving relationship. And, the, and I think the painful thing was that he was my best friend. Like mm-hmm. he was the first person that I made friends with when I went to university. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we, we had a great friendship even before anything could even happened. Um, and I was, I remember it was at like 1am my time in New York. Um, I'd just come back from working um, in a bar. And I remember just sitting in this toilet, in the toilet, in this apartment that I was like subletting. And I was like, oh, what is going on? Like, you know, and you yeah. just think your world is like crashing around you. And obviously it was a lot more dramatic because I was like 21 I was but when you're 21, com- it means everything still It means you. everything. Yeah. And I was like, in a foreign country, I didn't know anyone. And I remember just calling my sister and I was like, oh my God, I, I need to come home. Like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on and what's happening. So she managed, like my dad managed to change my tickets. And then two days later, I, I went to Liverpool to go and see him. And it was one of the most painful things because I literally... I flew back from across the world just to get dumped in person. Yeah. And you know, and you just think this is going to, this is going to save a relationship. Um, and I was like, wait, ha-, you know, and you're just sitting there and they're telling you the, the reasons why. And I'm like, wait, but I just flew back from all the way, yeah. all the way from New York, <sighs> which was my dream, my dream yeah. place in the entire world. Um, you managed to ruin that. And now I've just flown back two days later and, and you're now doing this in person. And it was so painful on so many levels because Obviously, I just I just turned my back on my dream. Yeah, and then also I was like, but "You, you're my best friend. Like, how is this? Like, how is this even happening?" Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like the worst moment of my life. And I, it was so painful emotionally on so many different levels because I felt I, there was so so many different layers of hurt behind it all. Um, and it left me in a really bad space mentally in terms of my relationship with myself for, for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I am not known to be a crier at all. I think that's now mostly because I cried all of my tears allocation during that time, <laughs> by the way. I think I think done. God was like, your quota for the whole entire rest of your life is done. Is God um, I cried, these, yeah, yeah, I cried so much. And I was at home as well because I was like, well, I've got a year out and I was planning on staying in, trying to extend my so visa in New York. So were you going to stay in New York for the whole time? No, I was like, I... I, I was going to come back after four months yeah. and then I would have gone back to Liverpool um, yeah. to go and live with him. But then obviously I was like, well, now I've lost a month in, in New York and now also I don't have anywhere to stay in Liverpool. So I'm going to be staying at my parents for the rest of my yeah. year out as well. Um, but it just kind of left, when I went to, back to Liverpool to do my master's, it then meant I was back in that environment where he also yeah, was. Which is a and lot so, harder. Which is a lot harder. And, and not even just that, but I was in, I managed to get myself into a good space mentally before I went back to university. And then it, I remember seeing him again for the first time on a night out. And 
you know, and it just rocks you a little bit. Oh, that feeling is just the worst in the world. It's the worst, it's the worst feeling. And it then led to a kind of relationship, which was in flux for a very long time. It wasn't even a relationship, but it was, we were still very much involved in each other's lives for like two years. And, but with no clarity on what it actually was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember just being like, like, no, like enough. Like you have hurt me so much for such a long period of time. And I've I've allowed it. Like I've allowed you to, you know, cut short my dream. I've allowed you to dictate how I've been feeling about myself more so than anything. Um, And I just remember was waking up and being like, enough was enough. That, That whole relationship with him was very, very painful because he also it also dictated my relationship with myself yeah. and I really hated that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't like what that had happened, how that had happened or what had happened and what had become of me. Yeah. Um, so despite New York being my dream and then being turned into a really painful experience, I'm very thankful that I still went. It was yeah. like the best, worst mistake I could I have ever say, made. Because I guess, do you ever think, because I know that when we're younger, and I'm sure this went through you when you were crying your river of tears, (laughs) is that, you know, you think I shouldn't have gone to New York. We would have still been together. Like, do you really, because, and I guess I'm hoping now that you feel like it wasn't meant to be, and you know, he wasn't meant to be the person that you're meant to be with. But I guess, do you ever think about what do you think would have happened if you'd not have gone to New York and stayed? Oh God, I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. I I, like, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where it's like, it was honestly and hand in heart, this is how I know I've like, I, I knew I made my peace with the whole situation a very long time ago. Cause I, cause I, I don't wish any ill on him. Yeah. And, um, I wish him the best night. I, I still think he's a great guy, but it was the best thing I could have done because looking back in hindsight, we must've been living in some little bubble. We were yeah. so wrong for each other on so many different levels. Like, and I could see that if I hadn't have gone to New York, I dread to think where I'd be in life right now, just because yeah. I don't feel like I would have been reaching my potential or I would have, wouldn't have been pushing myself to what I could be or could go on to do. Um, it was the best, worst thing that could have happened then. Yes. Um, I'm very, very grateful for going to New York because of how it's changed my life after that. Um, I don't even want to think about what life would have been like had I stayed, but it's made me a much better person yeah. and it's made me... I'm very, very grateful for feeling that emotional low because of a relationship, because I know I don't want, I would never want to ever feel that ever again. And you know what? I went through something very, very similar. And what I love about sliding doors is, is as you say, at the time, it's the worst thing in the world, but you can look back on it now and understand that like that happened because that was meant to happen. That was meant to happen. And yes, you felt the lowest of the low, but you now understand that feeling and you understand, as you say, like, you you brought back the independence that you had and you wouldn't be where you are today. And yeah. I, I love that so much. That was such a great moment. And thanks for being honest yes. because we all go through those moments in life. And I love the fact that, as you said, it's the, the worst or the best worst mistake you ever yeah. made. Um, yeah. That's great. So on to your last moment. So you did mention this before, but I'd, um, I'd love to go into this more with you. So you've mentioned your decision to leave Liverpool after 10 yeah. years and your job and returning to London to live with your parents with no job prospects. So I guess this probably was like the catalyst to Bake Off um, yeah. and ultimately led you to where you are today. So what triggered that initial decision then to leave Liverpool and go home? I think... I think what it was, and I, I still love Liverpool. Like I would also still call that my second home. I think it's such a phenomenal city. But like I said, I'd been there for 10 years. 
lots of friends that I had gone to university with had also then moved on. I'd still, I still have a lot of friends living in the city, but I remember just being like, I remember sitting in my job, in my office, in my job and looking out the window and being like, do I really like, do I really want this? Yeah. Like I've been here for 10 years now. Um, it's, I could happily settle, settle in Liverpool, but this is what I'd be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember being like, you know what? I'm tired. I, I just need to have a break. And I remember my cousin is my best friend, um, who's also my flatmate. And I remember emailing her at work and being like, you know what, Tav, I think I just need some time off. Like, I think I'm going to book a month off work. Mm-hmm. Shall we just go traveling for a little bit? Um, and she also stupidly <laughs> did architecture. So she, not, neither of us managed to get that gap year that everyone kind of wanted. And yeah. I was like, look, it's not going to be a year. And we're obviously doing this miles later in life than everyone else did it. I was like, but should we just like take a month off and just go traveling for like the, for a month? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. So we both took a month off, um, went to Thailand for three weeks and then went to Bali for the last week. Yeah. And I remember just sitting there one day and just saying, to her, I think I'm just going to leave my job. Like really? we'd like, yeah, we used to hike up this, this huge, they called it a hill. It wasn't a hill. Cause I honestly, I thought I was going to pop a lung by the time I got to the top of oh, it. They always say it was, that. It was so bad. And I remember just sitting there, just like staring around, just like, you know what? I haven't been this happy in such a long time. And I, I realised that I'm happy because I'm doing something that I just want to do. Want to do, yeah. Um, and I was like, I think I just need to leave my job. I was like, I just, I, I miss home. Like I miss being closer to my family. I miss yeah. not being able to see them whenever I want to see them. And I hated the idea of having to plan and put a date in the diary like four weeks down, down the line for my mum to come and see me because it would take forever to come yeah, up. Like Do you know just, what I mean? You want to be able to like pop over for dinner yeah. and come over for lunch and yeah. I just, I, I didn't want it to be a faff. I was like, you know what? Actually, I miss, I miss being around my family. Like it's been too long now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I think I'm just going to quit my job. And um, I remember coming back home from holiday, telling my mum, yeah, I think I'm going to quit. And she's like, oh, but you haven't got a job. Like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. I've saved up some money. And I will be fine. I've got a master's in architecture. I've had, a, I've got a great job where I'm at now. I will fall into a job. It's fine. I, you know, don't worry about it. I'll be at home for like a month max. I was so naive. Like, I come back home. So like bright eyed being like, oh yeah, yeah, I just had a time in my life and I'm going to come and get a great job in London. And I literally was unemployed for like nine months. And really? it, it was, it was so bad because I get, I get it. Nine months isn't, isn't a lot compared to some people's probably. Um, but, but you weren't used to it. Like you I was not used, used to, not to having it. Anything like, to do. Exactly. Like the routine that I had developed for years, completely gone. Yeah. Um, but it rocked my confidence in myself because oh, I couldn't even, I was applying for so many jobs. Like my routine in the morning was, wake up, make a cup of coffee, set up my laptop, apply for like hundreds of jobs. I kid you not. And Change then your just, cover letter every time and send change, it off yeah, again. Yeah. And send it off again, fire it off again. Um, and it was rocking my confidence myself because I was like, but I've got, I've studied so hard. I've got a mm-hmm. great degree. I had a great job. And I was like, I can't even get a job as a receptionist. Like yeah. that's how, like, that's how I was applying for everything. I was like, I couldn't even get a job for that. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, this is, this isn't how it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt a bit hard done by. I felt really sorry for myself. And it was, it, I dreaded the same question that I'd get asked all the time. And I think it, I think this question made me not want to see people. Oh, because I, it'd be, I know exactly what you're going to say. People would be like, oh, so what are you up to? What, what are you up to today then? Or so what, what's going on? And I'd, the, the question of what are you up to today? Oh my God. I'm like, I've literally 
I've got, you know, I've got nothing to do. Yeah. Like, and it makes you, as you say, it makes you feel like a failure. It makes, yeah. And it was it, exactly that. It Getting that question, it was just those few words, but it, it compacted everything because I was mm. like, I've, I've got nothing to do. Like, I'm just going to fire off another couple hundred job applications, probably watch a bit of Loose Women and then like, you know, probably maybe change out my pyjamas at 4pm and go for a walk, like force yeah. myself out. And so it, you know, I kind of got into a bit of a bad space with it because I felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. I felt like I'd worked so hard for my degree and I got a really great job. Um, and for what? For nothing. Yeah. My sister, for some reason, I must have asked for it years ago, but I asked for a Paul Hollywood baking book. I don't know why, because I had no really? interest in baking. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember one day being at home and just seeing the book like covered in dust that's how much it had been used yeah um and I was like you know what maybe I'll just make something today um I'll just see what's in here and and just see what I can do um and I loved it because it gave me a purpose to my day and so once I did that first loaf of bread I was like oh you know what What should I do tomorrow then like that was quite nice Mm it's baking is great for mindfulness it's great for being very present um it's great for anyone who suffers from anxiety or it's an over warrior or anything like that, because it's mm-hmm. so consuming. It's so yeah. thought consuming. Um, and ultimately it's, it's great for your soul. I, I yeah. firmly believe that just because the, the intention when you're, when you're baking is so pure, but like you're never doing something to do something bad. You're always going in with, with great intentions. You're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is going to be the best bake I've ever done. And it's going to feed some people. and It's going to make people happy. I love how pure and how yeah. wholesome it is. And so I got, I, I just used to then spend my days, I'd go through the book and be like, oh, maybe I'll bake this today. Or maybe, oh, I'll make croissants because the dough takes like 18 hours. Like I was so filling great. up my time yeah. of unemployment with just baking. And I got so absorbed in it. And that is how baking started. I'm so grateful for my unemployment. Yeah. And that really shitty time in my life where I was so low thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do in life. And actually the answer to what I wanted to do and needed to do was literally right there in front of me. Yeah. Um, and and I'm very, very grateful that the darkest moment of my life kind of led to the greatest thing that I could have could have come across because baking now lights me up in so many different ways. Yeah. I've got, had so many amazing opportunities, but even if those opportunities didn't exist, I would still love baking because yeah. it's, it, it's a genuine passion. And it feeds your soul. And it feeds my soul. And that's the best way is it's to be authentic and something that you really love to do. I mean, what gave you that encouragement and the push then to like apply for Bake Off? I don't, you know what, because then after those nine months, I did finally get a job and baking then took a bit of a a back seat. Mm -hmm. And then Christmas came along and (laughs) I remember um, trying to use up all the leftovers at home. Um, And I was like, oh guys, I'm going to make like a Christmas dinner pie or something. And I remember like everyone was eating it um, and then the TV was on and there was an advert for applying for Bake Off. And, my, yeah. and everyone was like, just, Rude, why don't you just do it? And I was like, oh, don't be so stupid. Like, I've, I've literally only been baking for like five months. I'm not going to apply for Bake Off. So the first time I, apl- I did apply, because I was like, actually, should I just have a laugh of it? So the first time I applied, I didn't get through. I got through to the interview on the phone. And I was like, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, yeah, I've been baking for like five months. Why would I go on the show? Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. Then I had a job. And then so bacon took a backseat and I only then did it really on weekends when I could get a chance. And then the next year came around and they had email, Bake Off emailed me to be like, oh, well, you applied last year. Do you want to apply again this, this year? year? And I was like, I haven't really been baking that much though this year, but you know what? Maybe let's just give it a go. Give it a go. 
Um, and lo and behold, uh, yeah, I got on. It was so, it's so random, but yeah. But it's I, great I, as well, because I also think that's a thing of timing because there's a reason why you didn't get it yeah, the first time and why absolutely. you had to wait. And, yeah. and I guess really going back to it, do you ever think about what if you hadn't have made that decision to leave Liverpool? What, like, oh my what God. do you think you'd be doing now? Um, absolutely. I would probably still be in the same job that I was in before. Probably, yeah. I'm hoping in a much better position than I was in. <laughs> although I was in quite, I was, <laughs> I don't know how I somehow managed to make it to where I did. Um, she has quite a good way of blagging her way into things. Um, but I definitely probably would have settled down by now and have a kid maybe I don't know you don't know I don't know but I I would have had a lot more of a settled life Mm -hmm. that's for sure um and I'm not saying I'm and that is by no means giving any sort of shade to people who have done that not at all it's just there's so much in my life that I want to achieve yeah and now know that it is achievable Mm -hmm. I think because I have reached out once and and put that faith in myself to be able to do something um it really did open up my eyes to be like, oh, actually, but if I could do that, then maybe I could do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I think when I was in Liverpool, maybe my beliefs as to what I could do was very limited. Mm-hmm. And I think I put the ceiling on myself very early on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Liverpool was was fantastic for what it was. I had a lot of fun. I've got some great friends there still. And I had, I had some of the best times of my life. Um, but the move back down to London was the best thing I could have done because yeah. I've just opened up so many more opportunities for myself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. might, like, if you really think about it, you know, you, if you hadn't have gone, I mean, or had that epiphany moment that we all do when we're traveling of like, you know what, yeah. I'm just going to do what I want to do, but <laughs> yeah. also persevered yeah. through, you know, the, t- the hard time that you went through. But I also just love that thing as well, because it is even like, you know, if the advert hadn't have come on TV and it hadn't yeah. have got put in your head, um, because Bake Off has really changed your life. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and and I, I can never say, and I would never, ever have anything bad to say about the whole entire experience. It was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I'm very, very grateful for where it's led me to now. I'm getting to work with some people that I absolutely adore. I've met some people that I would pinch myself over. Um, and it's all because of that show. And I love how wholesome the show is. Mm-hmm. It's not nothing, you don't go in there to bash on anyone you don't go in there to tear shreds off anyone it's all so wholesome it's all just about cake and and making people happy with that but I think it's I the reason why I really want to do this podcast is podcast is because of that it's because I love looking back on my life and being Mm -hmm. like actually you know what you should be so proud as to where you've come to because you've gone through x y and z 100%. And knowing that, that those moments in my life where I thought it was the worst thing that could actually possibly have happened is actually the best thing in yeah. disguise. Um, so yeah, isn't it, isn't life amazing? Isn't it it's like so wonderful? amazing? It isn't really, it? really is. And that's actually a really inspiring way to look at it. And thank you so much because not only have you been really open and honest about all the things in your life, but you really do show that like you can reflect back and see that the worst things that happen led out to be the best. And it's such a lovely message as well. I'm a massive fan of independence and being able to kind of do things on your own. And I guess we're really excited to see what happens next for you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been, it's been great. And it's, um, it's been wonderful. I always like looking back on life. So it's, uh, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to, to do that today. Thank you so much, Ruby. Thank you. Bye. See you later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. 
If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.